Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, week 15, my recap of that, all that went on, including All-Star Reserves. I'll talk about who was chosen. Also, your All-Star Coaches, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about also top-selling jerseys. We'll talk trade, of course. There was one trade. We'll talk about Marcus Gasol retiring, his jersey being retired, and injury news as well, and a whole lot more. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. And guys, we are now up to week 15, guys. Week 15, we'll do the recap for that. So without any further delay, let's get right into it because there's a lot of things that went on. So let's jump into it. Of course, we start with players of the week, as we always do, guys. And your player for the week for the West, Kawhi Leonard for the Los Angeles Clippers. His team went 3-1 and one for the week. Actually, they were on the road the entire week, guys. They went to Washington and beat them. Beat Detroit in Detroit. And a game that I watched, guys, they went to South Beach and beat the Miami Heat as well. Their only loss for the week was at Cleveland. Cleveland is a hot team right now. Kawhi for the week. 29.8 points per game, so you might as well say 30. Eight rebounds, three and a half assists for him. Two steals per game and a block as well. He shot it from the field, 56.6% guys. From three, pretty prolific from there as well, 48%. And then he was perfect from the free throw line, guys. Kawhi Leonard, balling right now. His team playing well also. So Kawhi getting it done. Looking healthy too, guys. Healthy Kawhi means problems for the league. Kawhi getting it in. And then for the East, this is a guy who's playing good at the right nick of time, guys. Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks. His team went 3-0 for the week, and they beat the likes of the Lakers. They beat the Phoenix Suns and the Gold State Warriors. Trey for the week, 31 points he averaged, 11 point three assists and 1.7 steals as well shot it from the field 56.8 percent guys from the field that's outstanding for him and then from three-point range even better 64 and a half percent guys wow and then from the free throw line he took nine attempts made seven so you take that but Trey Young balling at the right time guys Maybe he can pull his Atlanta team out the doldrums and into the playoff conversation. Who knows? So that's your players for the week, guys. We just finished with January, so we now have the players of the month, the rookies of the month, and the coaches of the month, and I'll give it to you right now. Let's start with the players, guys. Devin Booker, who had a pretty prolific January. His team went 11-5. and five. He averaged 30 points, 6.3 assists, 
and 4.4 rebounds, guys. And in that month, he had four games where he scored 40 points or more, including that 62-point explosion that he had, albeit in a loss, but he had the 62 that night. And then in the East, Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers, his team went 11-2, and two, which was the second-best record in that conference. I'll tell you who the best was in a minute. 28.6 points per game for him, 7.6 assists, and over five rebounds. So Donovan Mitchell holding down the fort. He got some of his guys back healthy now. You got a Darius Garland back now. You got an Evan Mobley. So this team might be poised to make some noise there in the East. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for them. That's for sure. All right. So that's your players for the month. Let's talk about the rookies. In the West, who else could it be but Victor Wimbayama for the San Antonio Spurs? He played in 14 games for the month. 24 points per game. 9.6 rebounds. 3.3 assists. And also 3.3 blocks. Oh, by the way, he's still leading the league in blocks. Not just rookies, but everyone. And then for the East, Brandon Miller of the Charlotte Hornets. He played in 13 games for the month. 16 points per game for him. Over 4 rebounds. 2.4 assists. So Brandon Miller starting to play well, guys. I'll be very interested to see coming out of the trade deadline. You could see a guy like Miles Bridges move. If that's the case, that opens up the door for Miller to get even more opportunities to flourish there. So we'll see what happens there. All right. And then for the coaches for the month, Ty Lu guys, for the L.A. Clippers, they went 12-3, and three guys. Tyron Lu, one of those coaches who, if you give him the talent, if you give him the roster that he could work with, he can get you those wins, guys. And he's done that for this team. This team is starting to play well in the West. They're going to be a problem in the West, guys. Make no mistake about it. With Ty Lue at the controls, I don't put anything past this team. As long as they're healthy. That's always the caveat. But Tyron Lue getting it done in L.A. And then for the East... Someone I know very well, Tom Thibodeau of the New York Knicks. The Knicks went 14-2 for the month, their best record in the month of January, including an eight-game win streak. So Tom Thibodeau got those boys playing well, and they have to because it's so bunched up in the East. I keep talking about that, guys. You see Cleveland surging right now. You got an Indiana Pacer team that you can't count out. You got Miami. They're teetering a bit, but you can never totally count them out. Philly, we'll see what happens with Philly with all that's going on there. I'll talk about that in a minute. And then Milwaukee, you don't know what's going on with them either. So we'll see. But it's going to be nip and tuck, and the Knicks need to be there every step of the way. So with that said, let's talk All-Star news, guys. We have our reserves now in both the East and the West. We'll start with the East. Guys, I nailed this down to every single pick. Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Bam out of Bayou, Paulo Boncaro, Jalen Brown, 
Therese Maxey, and Julius Randle. So, seven for seven in that regard, guys. The West, I came close. I got six of the seven, so let's run through it. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Edwards, and the guy I missed on, Carl Anthony Towns. And now that I sit back and think about it, yeah, I should have included him. I wasn't 100% sure that they would give Minnesota two All-Stars, but they ended up doing that. I thought it could be a case where they give one to Sacramento, but that wasn't the case. So, Carl Anthony Towns. Well-deserved, guys. Well-deserved, and he's an All-Star, so kudos to him. So, you have your rosters, guys. Now for the coaches. Let's start in the West. Chris Finch of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Chris Finch, guys, I tell you what, last year, him not having Carl Anthony Towns for a good chunk of that season really hurt the team, but they were able to at least make the play-in and then the playoffs. But this season, at 35-15, and 15, they're tied for the best 50-game start for that franchise. And this is his first time, guys. So, Chris Finch, well-deserved, well-earned. Congrats to him being named the coach of the West team in the All-Star game. For the East, <laughs> yeah, it's gotten messy, guys. Your East coach is Doc Rivers of the Milwaukee Bucks. This is his fourth time. Let's start with that. The team is 33-16. and 16. Of that, he is 1-2, guys. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good, guys. And this is what he said when he was told that he's going to be the representative coach for the East. That is ridiculously bad. It really is. Well, Adrian's going to get some money, that's for sure, in a ring. It's one of those quirky things. I think there should be a rule somehow that someone else do it other than me. Maybe I'll send my staff and I'll go on vacation. Trying to be funny about it. I'm going to run that by Adam Silver. I think Adam's a good man. I think he'll understand. So here we are. Doc Rivers making light of the situation. But like he said at the beginning, this is a bad look, guys. You can't have this happen. You cannot have this happen, guys. I think it was incumbent on Adam Silva to right this wrong. It could still be, but I don't know if he'll do it. Adrian Griffin gets them to a 30-13 and 13 record, so he sets them up for being in this position. I understand. I get it. You can't have the man come back and coach the All-Star team. That's, that's ridiculous. Here's what you can do. You can do one or two things, Adam Silva, but I don't think you've got the guts to do it. One, you can just scrap that back-to-back -back rule and let Joe Mazzula do it since he has the best record in the league. You can do that. Or you could do this. Given the awkward situation with the Milwaukee Bucks, you reward the next team, that coaching staff, the opportunity to coach the All-Star game, which would be... J.B. Bickerstaff of the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what you should do. This situation, it really is a bad look. 
you know, and I've seen people on social media clowning this. This is not good. Adam Silver, I don't know if you're going to correct it. I doubt if you do. But this looks bad. I mean bad. Hey, again, what do I know? But this is a bad look to reward somebody this kind of opportunity. It doesn't sit right. So, Adam, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but some friendly advice. Scrap your back-to-back rule. Let Joe Mazzula do it. If you don't want to do that, let J.B. Bickerstaff do it. That's the right thing to do. I'm just saying. A guy coming off his couch a week ago should not be coaching the East players for the All-Star game. That's all I'm going to say. So I'll leave it at that. All right, so that's your coaching situation there. Anyhow, let us move on. Steph Curry, boy, he talked himself into something here. They had him mic'd up, and he was talking to the rookie on the team. He's still talking about Sabrina's performance in the WNBA three-point contest, and he pretty much challenged her, and they caught it live on the mic. So the NBA has this bright idea. They're going to have Sabrina and Steph Curry go at it in a three-point shootout between the two of them, which will happen actually after the official three-point contest and then before the slam dunk contest. So this will happen on Saturday night, the Saturday night, All-Star Saturday. That's when it's going to happen. And the way it'll go is Sabrina will be shooting from the WNBA line with a WNBA ball. And Steph will be shooting from the three-point line for the NBA. Which brings out the knuckle-draggers. It brings out the guys locked in their grandma basement to come on social media talking about, oh, where's the equity? Where's the equity? This and that. Y'all more worried about equity than Steph Curry is. If Steph Curry had a problem with this setup, he would back out. But he's not doing that. Steph Curry is securing his manhood, unlike you guys who probably haven't touched a woman since 2000 and never. But let me not go there. But nonetheless, it's happening. The train is rolling down the tracks. Either you watch and enjoy or you just turn off the TV and no bother. But it's happening whether you guys like it or not. So, so be it. So, Sabrina's doing it for her foundation, the SI20 Foundation. And then Steph Curry, he's doing it for Eat, Learn, Play, his nonprofit. It's charities involved, guys. So, that's always a good thing. And from what I hear, State Farm, they're throwing in money as well. So, It's all for a good cause, guys. So for you guys to get bent out of shape about who's shooting from what line or whatever, y'all could kill that noise. Like I said, it's already happening. So like it or lump it. That's all I'll say with that. So with that said, let us move on to other items, which actually is all-star related. Julius Randle for the New York Knicks suffers a dislocated shoulder. Yeah, that happened late in the January 27th game against the Miami Heat. Julius will be out several weeks. 
They're now saying that he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks, which means he will miss the All-Star game. His replacement, just as I called it, guys, Trey Young will be one of the replacements for the All-Star game. And rightfully so. And then the second bit of news concerning All-Star, Joel Embiid suffers a knee injury. In fact, he ends up having to have a meniscus procedure. And that happened in a January 30th game at Golden State. The reports are saying six to eight weeks, which if you do the math, that could put him out until April at least. And then mind you guys, and this is where the whole load management issue is brought up. They sat him for the previous two games. One was at Denver. He would have been matched up against Nikolai Jokic. Oh, by the way, he hasn't played in Denver since 2019. That's an aside. And then the other game he sat out was at Portland. That brought up the load management subject. And a lot of players are coming to Joel Embiid's defense. Although, I don't understand why they're defending him. I mean, he actually got hurt in a game. It wasn't where he was being sat for no reason. But... Guys like Tyrese Hollyburton spoke against it. Guys like Draymond Green, he went on his show and talked about it as well. And that led Stephen A. Smith to go on a 20-minute tirade on first take, talking about players abusing the system, taking the money, but not playing the games, this and that, and so forth. Where am I with the load management? I actually understand the fans side of it of course because you're missing out on seeing a player that you probably paid months in advance hoping that he be in the game so i get that part of it but i think the larger question comes down to who makes the final decision in terms of guys playing and not playing is it the players making the decision is it the coaching staff making the decision Is it the front office making the decision? Is it the medical staff making the decision? I think that's the larger question. And that question could vary from team to team. So is it fair to lay it all at the player's feet? From the outside looking in, I would say probably not. If a decision is being made on high and the players have to acquiesce to that, how is it the player's fault? So that's where I lie on it. I don't know where to place the blame because there's nothing clear cut to say the players are electing not to play. If it's the medical staff that's telling them not to play, what can the players say or do? They have to follow what their employer tells them. So I think it speaks to a larger issue to automatically rail against the player I don't know if I go there. I would have to know the chain of command when it comes to who gets that final say in terms of guys sitting or playing. Like we know in San Antonio, the buck stops with Greg Popovich. We know that. With the Knicks, well, the Knicks don't really load manage, but I'm just using them as an example. 
I don't think Tom Thibodeau is the end-all, be-all in terms of making decisions whether a player plays or not. I don't think it's in his hands. It's probably the medical staff that makes the decision in New York. Yeah, so I think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis. But to lay it totally at the player's feet, I think that's a bit strong. So with that said, Embiid's going to miss some time, guys. So his replacement... And this is a person who I actually didn't even bring up amongst the possible reserves. But kudos for him getting in. Scotty Barnes of the Toronto Raptors, who's having a fantastic year. And I totally omitted him from the conversation. That's my bad. That's on me. But rightfully so, he makes the all-star team. So congratulations to the young man. Definitely well-earned, well-deserved. So good for him making it in that regard so one more piece of injury news Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls had foot surgery guys he's going to be out four to six months which means he's out for the season a crushing blow to the Chicago Bulls who were already kind of on life support but this really now is a huge blow to them are they sellers at the trade deadline I would think they probably would be. So I would watch Chicago very closely during this trade deadline. So with that said, that's your injury news, guys. Let's talk fines. Anthony Edwards, fined by the league. And this is for publicly being critical of the referees. And this was during a January 29th win that he had against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's kind of a rivalry a bit now with them being the top teams in the West. But Anthony Edwards, he's caught on mic saying cheating refs. Well, cheating blank refs. And then in the post game, he was asked about the game and then he voluntarily brought up the bad officiating. Once you do that, normally if you bring it up in the interview, that's 25,000. The fact that he was caught also saying it on a hot mic, yeah, that's why it's 40000 So, I, I, I can't defend him there, but I will say this. The fact that he's complaining about the refs in a game that they won tells you how bad the officiating is, guys. And I've been saying it. I said it the last couple of episodes probably ago. The officiating has left a lot to be desired, guys. And we still got a long way to go in this season. So it's got to get better, guys. It's got to get better. That's all I'm going to say with that. He's fine. And then two franchises fined. The Philadelphia 76ers and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Sixers, 75000 And then the Pelicans, 25000 And this is for failing to include players on the injury report in a timely manner. Philadelphia did it with Joel Embiid, actually for that Denver game. It was like maybe about not even a half an hour for the game that they announced he's not playing. Tell me how I know. I play fantasy basketball. Joel Embiid's on one of my teams. I saw that he's good to go. I left my lineup alone. Come to find out I look. <laughs> See his name with a O there. Out. Oh, I was so heated. 
but he was a late scratch. And supposedly he worked out. They didn't like how he looked. They pulled him. But, you know, a lot of people want to put conspiracy theories on that. You know, have at it. You know, have your fun with it. So the league find him, but they find the Sixers heavy for that. 75000 whereas the Pelicans did it with Trey Murphy the third, where they pulled him the same day, actually. And this was a game against the Milwaukee Bucks. They pulled him from the game and had him sit out. So those are your fines there for that. All right, guys. So with that said, see if I can run through this right quick. There was a trade that went down, guys. Houston acquires Steven Adams from the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Victor Oladipo. Two 2024 second round picks in a 2025 second round pick. Houston gets Steven Adams. The only thing is he can't play for them until next season. He's out with the knee injury. And for Memphis, sure, they get the draft capital, but Victor Oladipo, he's been out. And I doubt if we see him this year. So for Memphis, probably the draft capital more than anything else. Victor Oladipo, they can just keep him out, and then when the season's over, they can wash their hands of it. But for Houston, I'm kind of trying to make sense of it. I guess it would be a backup to Alperin Sungun. I guess, at this stage of his career, great rebounder. Great presence inside on defense. So I'd be curious to see how he fits it and all that. But I guess, you know, Probably at this point now with this knee injury, he's probably looking at a backup situation anyway. So perhaps this probably works out for Houston. Steven Adams is the type of player M.A. Aduka loves. So this could actually work out in the long. Speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies will retire Mark Gasol's jersey because he recently retired from the NBA. So they're retiring. His number 33 jersey, and they're doing that on April 6th against the Philadelphia 76ers in a game where maybe Embiid is back, maybe not. But Marc Gasol, who played there 11 seasons, played in 769 games, started in all but seven of those games, over 15-point average points per game. 7.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists, and a block and a half he averaged. Shooting at 48.4% from the field, 77.7 from the free throw line. While a Grizzly, he made three All-Star appearances. He made All-NBA twice, once as a first-teamer, and then once as a second-teamer. He won a Defensive Player of the Year, guys, but get this. He did it in a year where he made all defense, but he made it on the second team. So, go figure. Marcus Gasol getting this jersey raised to the Raptors over there with Minnesota. And pretty well deserved, I would say. So, kudos to Marcus Gasol for when, when that happens, of course. In other news, Russell Westbrook, guys, of the L.A. Clippers... 
he becomes the 25th player in NBA history to score 25,000 points or more. And he's actually the second player to score over 25,000 points, 9,000 assists, and 8,000 rebounds. The only other player to do it, some guy named LeBron James. <laughs> so Russell Westbrook in rarefied air there. And when his playing days are done, a surefire Hall of Famer. The NBA draft, they're going to expand it to two nights, guys, starting this year on June 26th and June 27th. So there's only two rounds, guys. One round one night, second round the other night. First round will be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The second night at the ESPN Seaport District Studios there in Manhattan. That's how they're doing the draft. They say it works out well for them. They get to spotlight the players in the draft more. And it's just a way to just drag this thing out. That's the way I see it. But, hey, kudos to them. So, will they get the kind of interest they're looking for? We'll see. But the NBA expanding their draft night. Then we'll talk about jersey sales and one other thing. And then we'll call it a day. Top-selling jerseys, guys. This is how it goes. Number one, Steph Curry. So Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors has the top-selling jersey. He is then followed by Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Followed by LeBron James of the L.A. Lakers. Fourth, Victor Wimbayama of the San Antonio Spurs. So I guess people are... Seeing he's the next big thing in the NBA. So let me get in on the ground floor with that. Fifth, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sixth, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, seventh. Kevin Durant, Phoenix Suns, eighth. Tyrese Maxey, ninth. Wow. That one kind of surprised me. Damian Lillard, tenth. For the Milwaukee Bucks, not much of a surprise there, being that this is his first year there. Job ja Morant, 11th. Wow. So Job ja Morant's jerseys are selling more than the next person, who was Joel Embiid, your reigning MVP. 13th, LaMelo Ball. His jerseys are still selling. Uh, Nikolai Jokic in four, 14th place. And then De'Aaron Fox in 15th place that's the way it goes with the jersey sales for individual players in terms of teams number one the LA Lakers of course followed by the Boston Celtics Golden State Warriors third Milwaukee Bucks fourth Philadelphia 76ers fifth Chicago Bulls I'm surprised six Phoenix Suns seventh the New York Knicks eighth wow San Antonio Spurs, probably on the strip of Wimbayama, 9th. And then Dallas Mavericks in 10th. So that's your jersey sales there. And then the last bit of business, former New York Nick Bill Bradley. He does what he calls a performative autobiography. Where he does this one-man show documentary on 
Max, and the name of it is Rolling Along, uh, American Story, which actually debuts this month, and he's talking about his life, his life as a basketball player, then as a politician later, and I look forward to watching it. I'm hearing good things about it, so definitely want to hear that bit of history there, especially he talks about the championship years for the Knicks, so definitely looking forward to that. So he was actually being interviewed about it. I was heard him talk about it, so I'm definitely interested in checking that out, that's for sure. So with that said, that is it, guys. That is it for this episode. When I come to you again, guys, I do want to cover the trade deadline. Definitely want to cover the trade deadline. And I want to couple that with what's going on in the WNBA. A lot of player movement over there, guys, that I want to cover as well. So I'll couple the two. It'll be a trade deadline episode along with a WNBA free agency episode as well. So we'll do it that way. Again, production on the fly, guys. That's how we do it here. All right, guys. So I thank you for listening as always. Much appreciated. As always. All things basketball with GD.com. That's the website. YouTube, I'm there. Apple Podcasts, I'm there. All your platforms. Leave reviews, like videos, all that, so on and so forth. All right, guys. With that said, thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Hello, my peeps. Thank you for listening and supporting the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. You can find us on our website. All things basketball with GD.com. You could also email us at that sports GD at gmail.com. Also, listen and watch us on YouTube. All things basketball GD. Hit the like button when you see our videos. Also, write a blurb about our show. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for us at Apple. On the website, you can support us by hitting the Buy Me a Coffee button, support on Anchor button, or donate on PayPal. You can also support us by our cash app, GD That Sports Dude. Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting the show, and do take care.